Tommy Boy. He, oh, he played. That's right. He did play. Was it the Mattress King? It wasn't the no, Mattress King. No, it was like Muffler King or something Muffle, like that. Yeah, or, there you go. Yeah. Dude, Dan Aykroyd, he doesn't. Like, that guy literally does the absolute worst of, like, being in good movies. That was right, not like, a sense. I, I was in sense. Ghostbusters and fuck it. Yeah, like, he was in <laughs> Ghostbusters, he was in Tommy Boy, everything else sucks. Like, his. Okay, Co- Coneheads was okay. Uh, he's kind of like that's a funny character he plays. Did you see uh, Sneakers with Dustin mm-hmm. Hoffman? No, I Robert did not Re- see. Re- sneakers. Sorry, Robert Robert Redford. No, really, it's actually pretty good. Is it? Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's like Robert Redford plays like an aging dude who uh, had this like security firm or something, and then he like puts a team together to do some crime stuff. Hmm. And, and it's Robert Redford, Dan Aykroyd, Ben Kingsley, River Phoenix, Sidney Poitier. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good cast. It's pretty good. Um, I like I like Ben Kingsley because he's always Ben Kingsleying about like doing doing his weird thing. Like, oh, I'm Gandhi. Oh, I'm the Mandarin. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm the Mandarin, but I'm not the Mandarin. Hoo-hoo, I'm Ben Kingsley. And then he's Mazer yeah. Rackham in Ender's Game. Fuck that guy. Just kidding. I love Ben Kingsley. Yeah, Ben Kingsley's great. Come on. No, he's fantastic. Uh, I all, all I know, though, is like I'm looking at Dan Aykroyd's filmography, and he was in fucking Caddyshack 2. Yeah, he was also in Pixels. Oh, sh- oh fuck. I forgot. Ew. Never yeah. mind. I'm not going to touch Dan Aykroyd to the 10-foot pole ever. I'm afraid I'm going to catch that. But he also believes in like aliens in Atlantis and shit. That's kind of fun. Yeah. I want to I I talk so. to him about his theories. Dan, why? I speaking of people with theories, I've always wanted to meet a flat earther. Dude, I was talking about that to Jenica the other day because I saw, I saw a picture that was like, like flat earthers uh, around the globe. It, <laughs> no, oh. it wasn't that, but it, it was like, it was like a pro flat Earth picture, and I was like, look, like if the if the Earth was really round, uh, it would look like this, and it was a picture of the globe. But, like, the bottom half was water and the top half was barren because <laughs> gravity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, see? Lies. See? <laughs> like, oh. It would be a floating platform <laughs> in space which has no direction. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> well, you know what else is a floating platform in space which has no direction? Oh, it's definitely the Savage Land. <laughs> Welcome back to the Savage Land. Uh, it's a thwip thwipping. Uh, oh, this is fucking stupid. That was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> We're still rolling with it. It's a thwip thwipping special episode. <laughs> thwip thwipping Spider Spider Man special. Uh, hey Matt, a, a new a new Spider Man movie came out. What a coincidence that we would be recording it's... the Spider Man episode and a new movie came out right at the same time. I know, it's almost like we planned it that way. <laughs> no, dude, it's like they planned it. Oh, yeah, that's true. Somebody planned that for us. Thanks, whoever did that. Yeah. It's probably Morgan Freeman God. <laughs> I want. I, I do like to imagine that uh, if there is a God, it's Morgan Freeman, and that he is to- actually Morgan Freeman. 
Or uh, Tilda Swinton from Constantine, who ascended. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. I forget about that. Um, well, she, was Gabri- she was Gabriel, but let's assume that in that in that universe, Gabriel ascended to God, and now it's Tilda Swinton. Yeah, we can safely assume that, I think. Um, God, that sounds legit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I I don't know. Should we just do like a – just get into it, or should we should we do a catch-up? What should we do for these people? Um. Do I have any ketchup that's worth we'll both, talking yeah, about? Yeah, we'll both do one little ketchup. Let's do a one right, tiny uh, little ketchup. Okay. Uh, you start, and I'll try to figure out figure one out real quick. Okay. Uh, I saw The Little Hours. Have you seen the previews for that? Is that the Camille Nanjiani one? No, that's uh, The Big Sick, which also looks good. Um, oh, yeah, no. The Little Hours is the movie with uh, Aubrey Plaza and um, uh, shit, Allison Brie and Dave Franco and Nick Offerman. Oh, okay. Was it good? It was fantastic. They play uh they play nuns. Uh that it's like this it's this whole crazy thing. It's actually based on like a real uh sort of story that was that was written like way back in the sixteen hundreds or some shit. Um maybe maybe later than that. I don't know. Um but uh yeah, it's it's fucking hilarious. Uh obviously Aubrey Plaza and Alison Bree, both very funny people. Um Dave Franco and Nick Offerman also hilarious. I don't know, it was just it was super funny. Uh, nice. went and saw that and laughed my ass off. And then like this thing happens sometimes when you live in this area where suddenly after you watch a movie, the people who made the movie are there in the theater and, and come in and ask questions or mm-hmm. like, and stuff like that. So that happened. And Aubrey Plaza and the director of the film just like were apparently sitting right in front of me the entire movie. Uh, and then afterward, just like went up for questions, and so then met Aubrey Plaza and the director, whose name I don't remember. Uh, and they were great people; they were fun. Aubrey Plaza's short; she's also very attractive. <laughs> <laughs> Another name is water, wet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, super hilarious movie. Uh, I think, like, we're we're kind of in a in an age right now where most comedies kind of suck. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I agree with you there. And so this one, I, I think this one, I don't know if it was quite as enjoyable for me as like 21 Jump Street, but mm-hmm. certainly one of the funnier movies I've seen in what, quite a while. Okay. Okay. Hell yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen a good comedy in a while. A new one. Dude, this one, uh, this one's pretty good. You know what looks surprisingly good is the new Jumanji movie. I saw the preview for that with, uh, what, The Rock and, and Kevin Hart, um, it does it does look kind of fun and funny but at the yeah, same time cool. I think The Rock and Kevin Hart are being a little too Rock and Kevin Hart. Well, uh, yeah, totally. But that, that that's that's probably the point though. Yeah. I just think uh, I just, I just think Jumanji is a weird place to do that. You know. Hey, man, I I'm going off the preview and I laughed at the preview, so which is rare cuz previews there's no setup for jokes, right? So it's like usually there's like the jokes aren't that funny in a preview. Yeah. But I laughed. I yeah. had a couple chucks, maybe a yuck or two. <laughs> the yuck, yuck, yuckster. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I I enjoyed them. Like, in Central Intelligence, I thought they were they were both pretty funny, and I think they're a good duo. I just, I always think it's weird when there's, like, a comedy duo like that that is very distinct, and they have, like, a specific thing that they do, and then you mix that up with, like, a an existing property that has its own sort of flavor. Like, I, I just think it's, I don't know. For me, it always feels a little weird because I like it better when 
you know, like I like The Rock and Kevin Hart as a duo in their own like original films. You know what I mean? Sure. But I don't know. I think it'll be funny. Um, Guess we'll find out. We will. We will. That's true. Uh, you've been you've been reading some comics, huh? Yeah. Well, yeah. So I've been reading DMZ by Brian Wood. Uh, shoot, I don't remember who the artist is, but that's super important. That's super important because the art in that book is just something else. Anyway, I've been reading DMZ. I don't want to get too into it because we're probably going to get fully into it in a couple weeks here. Oh uh, yeah, because uh, we have Brian Wood coming on the show. He's coming on the show. So that's why one of the reasons I I picked it up. But um, no, I so uh, as we've been interviewing all these people, uh, and you know, we kind of everybody picks a book or one or two books to read, uh, especially if we haven't read anything by them before. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of all the ones so far that that we've randomly picked up, not I guess not randomly, but that we've picked up that uh, of something I probably wouldn't have picked up in the first place, just kind of because it's sort of more like homework. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this is hands down the best one. Um, Actually, you know what? I'm going to... I have a close, close second, which I also read this week by another upcoming uh, guest on the show, Becky Cloonan. I read Southern Cross. Ooh, uh, I which love is that also, book. It's really good. I was very surprised. Did you um, read both Volume One and Volume Two? No, I've just read Volume One okay, of Southern cool. Cross. Me too. And I think I'm four or five issues into DMZ. Nice. Um, uh no but uh, di- sorry did you get the artist on dmz yeah so the artist uh the artist on dmz is ricardo bercielli um and i did yeah, want to yeah, note yeah. really quick becky clunan is actually also a collaborator of brian wood she was the artist on demo and i think two or three other books that brian wood did there you go it's it all it goes all the way to the top all the way to the top uh no but the, God, the art in that book the art in dmz is just awesome it's so like i don't know the color palette's super good the art's super kind of gritty and thrown together you know it kind of looks like war propaganda throughout the whole book mm-hmm. uh it's just great it just it reads really well it's a little it's a little like uh did you ever watch that old aeon flux cartoon oh yeah yeah uh, yeah so it looks a little like that yeah i i've read uh i'm like i think one or two issues into dmz right now because um, mm-hmm. i picked up i picked up the first volume of it like a couple of months ago uh, before we ever like brought like talked to Brian Wood and, and got him booked for the show, I just kind of picked it up because I, I think I was at Amoeba, and you know like they have their super discounted comics there that are sometimes have been on their their shelves forever. Um, sure. And so I was there, and like Volume One of DMZ was there for like I think five bucks or some shit like that, and I was like, oh hell yeah, I've wanted to read this forever. Um, but yeah, it's I mean it's it's one of those it's one of the last sort of. Uh, long-running vertigo series because i think it went on for like let's see 72 issues the entire series um, holy smokes yeah and so it was the last in kind of that tradition of like sandman or preacher uh you know any of those like just really long deep vertigo series um and yeah i've heard great things about it i i the first two issues for me were awesome but it sounds like you're just fucking loving it i am yeah i'm plowing through it oh it's 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 uh just a good, interesting story. It's like the basic premise for those who don't know. It's a guy. Uh, well, so in America, the uh, like, like the um, like the uh, American government underestimated the like I don't know, like the militias that have formed up across America. These like sort of underground militias. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
which sort of then took over New Jersey. And uh, so anyway, the island of Manhattan becomes this demilitarized zone, hence the title. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's sort of like this, the war is being staged between, you know, America and the uh, like the uh, American militias. Um, and it's just about a journalist who goes in to the DMZ uh, and just like, you know, kind of like snapshot into how crazy life is in this war-torn manhattan so it's 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 pretty great it's pretty cool yeah no i i love it so far and there's there's uh you can you can see as you're reading it you can see like some sort of fun inspirations from like film and stuff like that but at the same time it's very uh i don't know it's very in its own vein and i think it also like i think that with that series brian wood kind of wears wears his politics on his sleeve uh but not in a way that i mind because i i honestly like I like it when when people have an opinion of what they're writing. I just like it when it's uh, when it when it's weaved a, a bit with a bit of subtlety uh, into the narrative. Um, and I think Brian Wood does that really well, at least from what I've read so far in DMZ. Absolutely, absolutely. And it and it and it and he, and he, you know, he also doesn't shy away from expressing other viewpoints and you know, creating this a somewhat complicated little universe right there. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, it's cool, man. It's it, it's such an original idea, and I think that's what's really kind of intriguing. What's intriguing about it to me, um, versus you know, like another story about a kid who has powers, or another story about a a, a lone starfighter. <laughs> I, I I don't know. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Just I like there's there's a lot of there's a lot of redundancies out there. So this is interesting to see something different. Yeah, absolutely. Um, loving it so far. I, I'm excited to talk to Brian Wood about about that and a lot of the other series that he has. Um, yep, totally. Uh, dope. Well, uh, we should probably. I guess we should just get get to the the matter at hand. Um, yes. Spider Man Homecoming came out uh, this weekend. Let's see. So this episode will be up uh, Monday, uh, the tenth. So just barely this past weekend, Spider Man Homecoming came out. Obviously, Matt and I both clamored right out to the theaters uh to see it matt's the may one of the biggest spider-man fans i know um i almost i almost said biggest but then i'm like well i I know two people who have spider-man podcasts that aren't us so that's okay it means more to me than them though (laughs) (laughs) no we can all be we we can all be we can all be spider-man fans um but yeah, so I mean, obviously, like you're you're an enormous Spider-Man fan. Um, I I've always liked Spider-Man, but I certainly haven't uh, I haven't tread those waters very thoroughly. Uh, I've read like a handful of Spider-Man stories. Um, sure, you know. But uh, so I, I'm curious for for someone like you who has a huge attachment to that character. Uh, what what were your sort of initial thoughts on the movie? What'd you think of it? Yeah. Well, so should we? Uh, what do you think? Give some time or drop a spoiler warning. Uh, fuck it. Let's just let's drop a spoiler warning right now and then just let it be spoiled. Like if people, if you know, if if you haven't seen it yet, that's totally fine. Just pause, you know, and then you can come back uh, after you've seen it because the rest of the show is just going to be us talking about Spider Man. Yep, lots of Spider Man. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, no, so um, I saw it Thursday night. Uh, I also saw it Friday night. So I think you can assume there that I thought it was pretty great. Yeah, I actually did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I did. I really did. I thought it was awesome. I think it was it was it was 
such a I don't know refreshing take on Spider-Man. Um, it dropped the sort of spider mythos, right? It didn't. It took him away from being this uh, this this lone godly figure almost, where the universe revolves around him and everything Spider-Man has to do with Spider-Man and set up. I mean, I think that's I, I think that's why it works so well. Is it sets itself up in the Marvel universe that already has a bunch of shit going on. Yeah, and so you can use that as your backdrop instead of Spider-Man as your backdrop, and just plunk Spider-Man down in it. Yeah, and that works so well because the villain has nothing to do with Spider-Man, uh, which is the best. I think that was one of the big detractors from, like, even Electro in Amazing Spider-Man Two was like had an interaction with Spider-Man beforehand, right? Like, part of his whole thing was, you know, even though he's not, like, an Osborn or a, uh, some other type of DNA relative or, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Right? Right? He still he still had, uh, like, he met Spider-Man before it, and he was, like, super obsessed with Spider-Man and blah, blah, blah. And, like, that's just... No. We get, we get a guy who's looking out for his family, and he's, you know getting snubbed by the superhero, you know, world uh, when he's trying to make money, you know, for his family. So he takes to the crime and then uh, Spider-Man intervenes. Great. Yeah. I I loved that the stakes, rather than the stakes being enormous, the stakes were, were very personal. Um, you see, sure. I mean, in this film, over the course of this of this movie, Peter is forced to make the heroic decision. You know what I mean? Like there, there are so many times where he, I think like I was counting the second time I watched it. There's like six times in this film where he has to choose between doing something selfish and something that would, you know, basically like serve, you know, serve himself and, and, you know, sort of like bump him up a level or whatever, or going and doing something, uh, heroic and something good. Um, you know, there's the time at the party when it's like, you know, he basically has the choice to either, you know, go into the party and like make himself look cool and be like, where's my friend Peter and, and talk to Ned or whatever. Uh, and then he just, you know, he sees trouble going on in the distance and immediately just like, all right, well, this is what I'm doing now. Um, exactly. And so, you know, and it's the same thing at, at the homecoming dance when Toombs tells him to not interfere in his business and, uh, you know, like it's there's I don't know, and same at like the when he's gonna have to go or like when what's her face? Um, what was Tomb's daughter's name? Liz. 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 When Liz invites him to go to the pool with them, you know, and he's trying to track down the bad guys, like just that that stuff, like over and over, he's having to make these decisions, and you see that like, you know, even though even though he does want those things, even though he does want to serve himself, like he's not Spider Man for that you know what i mean like at the heart of it he just wants to help people and exactly yeah so i, I liked uh, that the movie the plot like exploits that you know what i mean and it's and it's basically just a plot about like him doing what he can to help people rather than like ah here's you know and it is personal it's like you know the sacri- the personal sacrifices made to help people rather than you know fucking aliens coming out of the sky totally i mean the whole sort of the whole premise there is you know it's that it's the it's the Spider-Man phrase, right? With great power comes great responsibility, but they never mention that in the movie. They show it throughout the entire movie. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's not it's not like oh here's you know with great power comes great responsibility, and then like just it not really being a part of the film. This was like let's never say that and just have that actually be the part of the plot <laughs> yeah. of the film. And they they also didn't do the awkward thing they did in Amazing Spider-Man where they tried to say it without saying it, and so Martin Sheen goes like. 
when there's a big thing that is on your shoulders and and it's the right thing, then you got to do that thing or something like that. Yeah, and you're like, totally, wait, what? Totally. <laughs> no, 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 no. And it was, you know, and it was, yeah, I don't know. So uh, a lot of people are, uh, I, uh, well, not a lot of people, but I think some people are kind of like on the fence about the suit. Mm. Uh, yeah. But I, but I think the suit was, I think the whole intention behind that suit is just to really drive that point home, right? He's 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 gifted this suit, and he, you know, which is sort of like I, I guess it'd be like an enhancer to his already his already powers, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he gets, you know, he uses that sort of more willy nilly and causes that whole causes that whole uh, uh, cruise ship debacle, ferry debacle, whatever. Yeah, and that was an amazing sequence, like seeing like seeing that go down and like seeing that happen and then his like efforts just to like try and save everybody like you know and and i think that tom holland did a great job with like the adr voice acting that they did where as he's doing that like you can hear the desperation in his voice as he's trying to like keep the ship together and all that stuff um i don't know that like that i loved that sequence oh it's great i love that line in there where he's like finally done good job effective <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was that was fantastic um i like that uh wh- who was the actress that uh played the uh what was her name michelle or karen the voice ai you there can you hear me there we go yeah i can hear you Oh, weird. Yeah, uh, cut out there for a second. Yeah, no worries. Um, the uh, the actress was uh, Paul Bettany's wife. What's her name? I can't remember. She, I mean, she was in. Wasn't she in Angley's Hulk? Yes. Um, yeah. Shit, I, I can't remember it's right like, now. It's but. like it's like Jennifer. Jennifer something. Connelly. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, she she did a great job as the voice. Although, I, okay, how do you feel about him having like an AI and a voice inside the suit? Fine. That doesn't bother me. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little Tony Starky, but it doesn't bother me. That's kind of um, that's kind of how I felt. Like I understand that like Tony Stark designed the suit and stuff, so of course he'd put something like that in there. Um, yeah, but it just it feels weird having Spider Man have like a, so I don't know, like have him having such a high tech suit feels weird to me. Sh- sure, but I think that's kind of something I kind of like about it is it gives Peter someone to play off of. Yeah, um, but that's why Ned's the guy in the chair. And that's why Ned's the guy in the chair, and I think that's great. Uh, I, I I don't know. I really appreciate that they're really not taking the secret identity thing as seriously. Yeah. Uh, in the sense that it feels much more realistic. Like, of course he's going to fuck up and people are going to find out. Like, how could a 14-year-old kid keep that a secret? Yeah, absolutely. There's absolutely no way. Uh, so I just thought that I think that's great. So I, anyway, I don't know. I, I like that he's got it's 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 Spidey, but he's got characters to play off as Spidey versus just as he beats bad guys, he makes some jokes, which is fine too. Yeah. Uh, but it just adds a little bit more dynamic. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, dialogue throughout. Yeah, I agree. Um. It was, yeah, it, it, the the dialogue was fun and like their their interactions were great. And I think that like 
in terms of in terms of story and obviously the purpose that it serves uh to sort of give him an ability to have an internal monologue without having an internal monologue um you know expressing his thoughts and stuff like that when he's sort of isolated uh mm-hmm. was good um yeah I did love the John Favreau stuff. I loved having Happy Hogan back in the universe and and sort of like, you know, grounding it again in that way. Um, I don't know. Their interactions were pretty fun. Yeah, totally. Uh, uh, Happy Hogan's not my favorite character, but it was all right. It was it was appropriate. You don't right? like you don't like Happy? I just he's fine. He's not my like. I don't know. He's all right. I guess he's the forehead of security. He is the forehead of security. <laughs> <laughs> I like I liked that they like. I don't know who put that, like, whether it was in the script or whether somehow Robert Downey Jr. remembered that, but, like, I like that they put that one little bit from Iron Man 3 into the film. Like, it's such a one-off little bit that, like, gets skipped by in the film where it's originally referenced, and so it was, it was funny to have that put back in there. Which one? The forehead of security thing, Cause, because in Iron oh, Man right, 3, right, right, he's right, on the right, Skype right. call, and, and it's just that. his forehead, and he's like, is this the forehead of security? Anyway. I remember that now, yeah. Yeah, I have a weird memory for random dumb little shit like that. Um Now, did you did you expect more Iron Man in this film? No. I did not. Um Partly because I read some reviews before the movie came out which said there was not a lot of Iron Man. Mm. The marketing but I didn't would have you, I, have you I, believe different. <laughs> yeah, totally. But that's, you know, of course they're going to market Iron Man cuz it's RDJ, yeah, 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 RDJ. But no, I didn't. I didn't even. I did not expect a ton of Iron Man. I expected he would play it some part, like he did, but not like I. I didn't think he'd be some overarching character that would be absolutely critical to everything the whole time. Yeah, that's fair. I I, I loved the amount of involvement that he had. I thought it was it was kind of perfect. Um, I was. It was perfect. And it, I mean, I don't, especially because I, I don't want to see another Iron Man movie. I want to see a Spider Man movie. If Iron Man shows up, great, but. Totally. Um, that's not what I want. So, this, this film did what both Amazing Spider Man 2 and Spider Man 3 failed to do, uh, which is right. set up a ton of villains without having it interfere with the plot. It's so easy. This mo- this movie proved how easy you can do it. Yeah. And how how, how effortless you can do it uh, versus like yeah, Spider-Man 3 where it was like, just fucking put them all in there. <laughs> throw everybody, everybody. We got another villain, throw them in there. I don't and show that. all the origin stories. <laughs> yeah. Sandman killed his, uh, killed his uncle. It's not the other guy. It's this guy. Oh, that was hands down one of the dumbest <laughs> things they could have ever done. So bad. Um, um, so bad. So, so let's, let's, let's rattle off the uh the villains that they teased and see if we caught all of them uh or e- or even just involved um obviously sure. we have vulture yes we've got the two shockers we've got yeah um with the with the second shocker being the like the comic book shocker herman whatever his last herman shocker shockerson how herman <laughs> Um, yes, we have Mac Gargan, the Scorpion. We have, yep, the Scorpion gets set up. So, was his only, was his only scene in the last part, or was he in the film at some point before that? Yeah, he's on the ferry. Oh, okay. I was like, both times yeah, that that's I saw it, I was like, yeah. who is this guy? Like, I knew no, he was the Scorpion, the, but. Oh, okay. No, he's on the ferry, 
Uh, and Spidey, when he's targeting people, she says, voice recognition or something? And he's like, yeah. And she says, that's Matt Gargan. He's a criminal. Uh, mm. and he, w- he was just, uh, the only thing he was doing was he was one of the guys who was going to buy the weapons from the Vulture. That's right. Okay, okay. Gotcha. That That's it. I mean, like, uh, which is great, again. Yeah. How to how introduce a bad guy. Totally. Put him, in there for, put him in there for an actual reason. Yeah. So good. Um, yeah. We had Prowler. Uh, we have the Prowler, Donald Glover. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the Tinkerer as well. We do. We have the Tinkerer. Uh, I hope we see him more. I really like that character. Yeah, I did too. Um, um, I, I'd like to see him also get more, like, tinkerer <laughs> Yeah, let's let's see him tinker some more. Um, well, I mean, I, I mean, in the sense of, like, he becomes a villain. He builds more evil Spidey stuff, you know, or like I would, I would you know. love for him to be like the uh, the villainous Tony Stark, where he's just building equipment for all these villains and like selling it. Totally, yeah. Um, now there there was one other villain tease uh, that I want to see if you noticed because I it wasn't very obvious. Uh, okay. This villain was teased in two shots in the background. Uh, huh. They're in the opening. In the opening sequence of Peter in school, if you'll notice in the background, there's a girl with silver white hair and black clothing. Oh, I did you see that? Yeah, but I don't think they were teasing Felicia Hardy what? there. Do you think? Come on! You, you think they were? I think that girl looked just like a, a like a generic goth chick, except she had like platinum white hair. Yeah. So. So and not only that, but she also shows up in two scenes. And if you're on set filming a spider-man movie uh-huh. and you dress a girl all in black with platinum like white white hair there's no way that that wasn't intentional to be like she looks like black cat i don't know i mean come on with all the teases in this film there's no way they didn't mean to do that and i i'm not saying that that was like the actress or even the look that they're gonna have for black cat in in her film or whatever uh but i don't know there, there's no way that wasn't a coincidence or that that was a coincidence. Maybe did didn't so so was that that whole there's that video that came out recently of like Kevin Feige and that Sony lady and she like says that they're all going to be in the same universe. And yeah, Kevin Feige looks distraught. Do you think that's true or no? So there been clarification. They've they've kind of like tried to clarify it. it to me, honestly, it sounds like they they still aren't sure. Um, okay, I think that Sony is going to make the Venom and Black Cat movies. Uh, nondescript and so i mean there there is another thing that's sort of in the background that uh that that right. might happen right, right, right. but uh i think that they'll be nondescript just in a marvel universe but they won't do the cutesy things like oh you remember that that guy with the red and gold armor or whatever the fuck they do in a lot of those movies um, sure i don't think they'll do any of that i think it'll just kind of be like in a nondescript marvel universe that they can retrofit however they feel is necessary depending on what their plans are sure Okay, yeah, just checking. I mean, I, 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 I assume if they're trying to spoil or tease Felicia in this movie that that would have something to do with it, maybe. It, it could possibly. And I think, I think that would kind of be part of the thing is like, okay, let's just put her in the background, some actress that nobody can really see her face. And so that way, if we need to, we can make her, you know, a student at, at Midtown Science or whatever. Because she, aren't they like the sure. same age? Um. It depends on which version. Mm. I mean, and I guess they could be. It's not like it would really be that big of a change to be like, yeah, they're the same age. 
Yeah. It just depends on the right. There's like a billion different ways they've thrown Black Cat in the mix. Yeah. Um, That's the thing with Black Cat. She's sort of like never really been a consistent, right? Yeah. Like they change her. Sometimes she's a good guy. Sometimes she's a bad guy. Sometimes she's Peter's love interest. Sometimes she's not. Yeah. So, she's know, just like sometimes Sometimes she's in high school. Sometimes she's just the cat burglar. You know, it's just like she's the cat really woman. do anything you wanted. Right, basically. You could do anything you wanted with that character. Totally, yeah. And and I like that. I like kind of having a character that's that's all over the map because, like, that's how Catwoman has been for Batman. And depending on the narrative, yeah. like, she always is a very interesting character depending on how they use her. Um, well, I like the current iteration of Black Cat in the comics because she's, like she's like the new kingpin almost. Oh, okay. Uh, and that's, it's, that's, that's, that, I think, works pretty well because she's, like, extremely... That's uh, that's just super nasty. funny. That's super funny because like DC literally did that with Catwoman two years ago. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. So like it's it's funny how like no matter what those characters are always just like seems to be destined for the same things. Yeah, because they started doing the comics about t- in Marvel about two years ago as well. She's been that way for a little while. That's pretty funny. Yeah. They're um, like, uh, hey, hey, Tom, uh, Jerry over here at Marvel. What are you doing with Black Cat? I'm not sure. We think we're gonna. Make her uh, crime lord. All right, crime lord it is. <laughs> July, July 12th. Yeah, it's it's the same with Winter Soldier and Red Hood. You know, like at it, it almost oh, the sure. same exact time. It was like, yeah, we're going to bring back two dead sidekicks and they're going to be villains. You know, like. <laughs> That's funny. It's, it's, it always happens uh, that way at both sort of publishers. Um, what what did you think of uh, of Tombs, of the Vulture, of Michael Keaton? Yeah. Uh, so I, well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's here's a, it's like, are we all biased because just we all love Michael Keaton so much? <laughs> uh, no, but I really, I think, I think, uh, I think he was uh, not only the best Spidey villain so far, but I think he's one of the best Marvel villains so far. Uh, uh, yes, I think that uh, I think that Michael Keaton for sure is outside of like maybe Loki the best MCU sure. villain. Oh yeah, I mean like legit character mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah he actually has <laughs> dynamics right you know and, and i uh, love here's what i uh, there's a few things that i love and we'll, we'll definitely get into all of it um but the thing that kind of put the finishing stamp on it at the end was that a he's still alive he didn't die like every other mcu villain uh he basically just goes away to prison and he still has like a respect for peter you know what i mean like there's still sort of this dynamic there where uh he doesn't like Peter, but at the same time, he's not, you know, like at the end, like he doesn't give Peter's identity away. Um, yeah. You know, totally. and so it, like it sets it up to where like you could have interesting things, but also if he's never involved again, it's a very satisfying conclusion. Sure. Which I love. I, I, yeah, totally. I, I I hope it comes back, man. Cause I, I would love to see like, like use the vulture as in place of the Harry Osborne character. Hmm. Because you have a proper way to set up. Now they do have a relationship, right? And he knows who Spidey is, and there's a, there's a there's a there's a connection between his daughter and Spider Man. Yeah, that's, uh, that's spoilers. I I actually I just had a thought. So you know they they vacated Avengers Tower, right? And they sold it. Uh, oh oh I had a I, oh that. Okay, yeah. What's yours? I I got one for it too. So my thought is that, and and there is there is a second possibility that I think could also be maybe what you're thinking, uh, or this could be, um, somebody very wealthy would have to be able to buy that tower. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm possibly thinking maybe that's Oscorp's new headquarters. 
Okay. Or I and I let me tell me if if I'm right here. Maybe you're thinking uh, the Baxter Building. I'm thinking the Baxter Building. <laughs> yep. And this we were we were talking about this. So uh, uh, well, let's let's save that for a little bit. I want to talk about Michael Keaton a little more. Um, okay. But uh, uh, yeah, let's see. I'll yeah. Well, I mean, like first and like like first and foremost, the Vulture looks cool as shit. He's so like, fucking cool looking. Like that costume is awesome. I I love uh, that it's just like basically a fighter pilot costume. But with oh, totally. like a cool with fucking like a, yeah with, yeah a cool mask and the wings are just super cool. The wings are badass. And super super dynamic. Yeah, the uh, I loved so I, I I love that everything had function in that costume. Like the feet thing, the talons. Yeah. That was that was fucking brilliant. Like because he's a thief, he's stealing equipment. He's got his hands like you know running all this equipment and stuff, and so he just has these claw mechanisms on his feet to pick up heavy equipment. Like yeah. Totally, that is so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I love uh, it. No, it, 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 and they just—I don't know—they just made it look super cool and to, and like believably bird-like, if that makes sense. Totally. Did you notice the uh, uh, the Tie Fighter sound effects? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the benefit of having Skywalker sound under the Disney umbrella. Totally. So no, good. they. Uh, I love that shot. Um, the the building. It's maybe it's before or after the building collapses on Spidey, and the vultures just oh it's before it's when it's when vultures waiting to get the signal to go get to the plane. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> he's just sitting on that like tall wall, with kind of both wings folded up and down the sides oh, of the wall. Yeah, that was so good. Like I don't know, man. Like I I, I want that toy, just that <laughs> like model. Yeah, like I a want statue. that model because yeah. it's. So cool looking. That was a real. That was a, such a, a just a good looking. It's kind of like you know the Batman on the gargoyle thing. Like it, there's just those sort of shots that like look so perfect for a character. Totally. Um, I liked that the the helmet that Tombs has. Like it still has that that uh, fighter pilot breathing apparatus, and it gives like the creepy green eyes. But then he's also like he's got like a, a sort of Iron Man display, but it's very different. Like you totally. know what I mean? Like I don't know. Yeah. No, yeah, super cool. Um, I also really appreciated that it wasn't uh, a duplicate, mm-hmm. like the doppel- the doppelganger enemy. Yeah, he wasn't like, like just all... like a dark reflection. Exactly. It was like no, that was a very different bad guy with a very different power set, mm-hmm. or, you know, and everything. And that's that's what uh, I appreciate about the villains of both Spider Man and Batman. I think that's why they have the two best uh, rogues galleries in all of comics because most of their villains are not at all like a dark reflection of them. There's totally there's differing ideology, but not like representation. Absolutely, I think that's so important. I, it puts your it puts your heroes in a in a challenge that they are unequipped for and have to be creative. Yeah. Uh, so which is which which this movie did really well. It did insanely well. Um and I like loved, put like go ahead. Like put Spider-Man you know, you know, 20,000 feet above the ground. Oh. Uh, you know, how is he going to function there? Or uh, or my one of my favorite scenes in the movie, put Spider-Man uh on a golf course. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, good. I I loved Spider-Man trying to like do things in the suburbs. Um that's great. Uh, I also so the 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 high altitude vacuum seal thing. 
Uh-huh, yeah. I, I loved that because it's like, you know, they mention it like two or three times in the film, and then when you actually see it, it's so fucking brilliant. Like, Yeah, it's yeah, it's super cool. What a just, cool idea. Yeah, he goes up on the bottom of the ship, like folds his wings all around it, creates a vacuum seal underneath this ship, and then uses that same thing that we've already seen, the, the little weird portal thing, to get into the yeah. ship and just hijack it. Like, that's that's so good. Yeah, super cool. Um, what did you think of the uh, the? So did, first off, did you did you have any idea at all that Liz was going to end up being uh, Toombs's daughter? Not at all. Same. Not a little bit because in the comics, it just it doesn't even the same. I mean, she's got her own last name, so I like assumed that they were just taking the original comic character, right? Yeah. Uh, not even not even an inkling that that was going to be his daughter. God, that was so good. And she first off, I like. I think she did a fantastic job in that role. She was like great at being like kind of like charming and like weird and quirky. But then there were like those couple of scenes where she would get like a little bit shy or like awkward or nervous when she's talking to Peter. Um, uh-huh. You know, like she because like she she was prominently featured, but she didn't have like tons of scenes in the film. Um, and I think that when she was in the film, like she she did a fantastic job. That actress is great. Um, yeah. But that okay, that scene when the door opens and Michael Keaton or adrian tombs you know answers the door holy shit i know well it, yeah and there's like there's like there's still like a chunk of time after that happened where i was like well he's gotta have he's he's gotta have him like locked in the basement or something right like i, I it didn't really click that she he was her dad for a while for a minute <laughs> oh gotcha that's funny uh yeah I, I just and I loved how long that tension went on. I mean, that was like a ten minute sequence at least, fifteen minute maybe, where it's just like Peter being so fucking nervous and like weird because he just found out the vulture is <laughs> like you know, his his homecoming date's dad. Yeah. Oh, so good. Like there's just and there's all those like awkward moments where there's like nothing being said. Peter's just like tense as hell. You know, and Tombs, for most of it, he's not aware at all of who Peter is. He's just acting normal. Like, I don't know. God, that was like, that was such a good way to make the villain personal. Uh, yep. And just drive this weird, like, you know, play on that cool, like, dual identities tension. Yeah, totally. Uh, no, I love that where he's in the back of the car and he's like freaking out and Liz like leans over and she's like, look at this. And he's like, oh, like, it's like a cat photo <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah. And then he just like immediately back to just like stone face. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and then I, I wanted to talk about that, that Prowler, uh, the scene when they're in like the shopping mall parking garage or whatever. And Spider-Man mm-hmm. goes to interrogate, uh, Donald Glover. Yes. I loved that sequence. Um, so I guess they added that later. Like that wasn't originally, like Donald Glover was a later addition to the whole thing. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because um, uh, I think they were probably a little bit unsure whether or not they wanted to drop the Miles Morales thing. Yeah, and I, I think that was perfect. And I think it was also a great way to acknowledge the Donald for Spider-Man thing by having him. Obviously, like he's you know too old at this point to play uh, a young Miles Morales, but. Ha- like having him there and making him prowler is like a perfect way i think to like kind of acknowledge that involve donald glover and still like you know lay down the potential tease for for miles morales in the future totally i i wasn't overly enthused by the way that he played prowler kind of like just being like dazed and like weird and he had like he was like wincing with one of his eye. eye yeah 
Yeah, it wasn't my favorite either, but I, uh, it's probably somewhat realistic there, though. Yeah, I guess. Um, uh, but I, 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 I hear you on that. I don't know how I feel about it either, but yeah. Uh, he, well, that's the thing. He might never be Prowler. Like it's that true. might just be a that might just be a like a an Easter egg for people who know who the Prowler is. But yeah, and I mean, I guess if you think about it too, like if Miles Morales does get involved, it probably wouldn't be until like after the third film. Uh, and so then, you know, it's like there's there's a lot of time that passes there, and so you could uh, involve Donald Glover, you know, like later when he's like a bit older and, and sort of have like a, you know, a time or sort of a character arc that passes, you know, in the intervening time. Totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd be curious to see where they go with that. But I, I love that interaction with them, like, you know, when he's just like, dude, you got to get better at this part of the job. Like, <laughs> totally. <laughs> and he just leaves him. I love that he leaves in there. He's like, no, nope, you're a criminal. Sorry, that's you're, you're a criminal. That's what you got to do. You got to wait two hours. Bye, criminal. That's so great. It was, it was fantastic. Um, uh, and then uh, should we, should we wait, here's a, go ahead? Here's a question I have for you. What was Tony Stark doing in India? Yeah, I'm curious. I have no idea. Like, maybe he was just doing his Tony Stark thing, but also, like... I feel like they never drop things just haphazardly. That's true. Uh, I feel like there's always a reason for something. Is there is there ever, like, a comics thing in India? Like, what, what goes on in India in the I Marvel Universe? I couldn't think of anything. I, yeah, I can't either. It, like... If anyone, so if uh, anyone has any ideas as to what that India scene uh, might be, tweet it at at uh, Savage Land Pod, or you can send an email letters at savagelandpodcast dot com, uh, or leave us a voicemail four one three savage four. Let us know what your theories are on the India thing. Yep. Did you also notice that he didn't drink his drink, Tony? Yeah. Oh, that's true. He put it down. Yeah, he put it down. Like what? And so now I'm like, okay, is he like? I I mean, I guess there was that whole thing in. Uh, well, he was getting in the car to drive away, but. Yeah, but it was, I don't know. It, it, that felt like a Batman moment for me. <laughs> well, they kind of, because they, they kind of, they I think they stepped away from Tony being an alcoholic in these. Yeah, and may, maybe it's like a subtle nod to like his recovery. Because in yeah. Iron Man 2, he was like pretty, pretty flying off the handle, drinking all the time. So maybe that was like a, a little nod to that. Right. I think uh, there's a little bit of continuity issues with this movie, but I, that's okay. Like, for example, really, you think Tony Stark would be like his normal, playful, goofy self to drop Peter off at his house directly after the Civil War battle? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Also, okay, the timeline is weird here. So, eight years later. So, the the, the opening sequence takes place directly after Avengers, which, yes. as far as I knew, was in, like, 2012. So then, eight years later is where this film takes place. So it's 2020? I don't know. I have no idea. Like, and then, because then there's also, like, the moving day thing, you know? But then you're like, wait a minute. Well, but I thought that by the time they were, like, by the time Civil War happened, I thought they had already vacated Avengers Tower, you know, after Age of Ultron when it got, like, blown up or whatever. But maybe not. But, like, I, it's, I don't know. Because they had the know. facility before in Ant-Man and in Civil War. I don't know. It uh, doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Nope, doesn't make sense to me either. I'm not I'm not 100% sure. It's a little wonky there. Yeah. Again, think, if somebody wants to uh, explain the timeline or the continuity here, uh, let us know through those aforementioned mediums. Yeah. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, it also doesn't really matter. That's true. Um, 
but that does set up that's that's a lot that's a large chunk of time for uh all the movies to have happened because i thought a lot of the movies like how far how yeah whatever it doesn't matter (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because I know like Guardians of the Galaxy takes place, uh, like Guardians of the Galaxy two takes place a while ago, continuity wise. Um, right. And so, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's fucking fucking weird shit right there. Uh, okay, so let, let's talk about Tom Holland's uh, performance before we kind of uh, sure move into some other stuff. Um, what what, yeah, what I, did you think I, of him? I I I thought he was absolutely great he's relatable funny he's got an awesome worry face yes uh and uh i don't know he just fits the he's just he's such a good ca- such a good cast for that yeah he um, he does a, a I, great fucking job no i mean you know I, I i i think he's the best peter parker so far i not that there's not that there's very challenging competition but <laughs> um, uh, I, I'm a little torn because I, I I loved I loved his performance. I don't know if he's the best one because I really really enjoyed Andrew Garfield, uh, as as both Peter and Spider Man. But this is this is a a different take and a more traditional take I think on the character. Yeah, I like Andrew Garfield too. Don't get me wrong. I think Andrew Garfield Andrew Garfield looks more Spider Man than anyone else who has played Spider Man. Yeah. Like when he's got that suit on and he does the pose, like Ugh. he looks like Spider Man. Yeah, I still um, like. Even though Amazing Spider Man Two wasn't a great movie, there are so many just pure Spider Man moments in that movie that I'm like, fuck yes, and just the costume totally. and everything. Um, no, I agree with you there. I, I I don't think Andrew Garfield was the best Peter Parker though. Mm. Not, not that he was a bad Peter Parker, but you didn't like all the skateboarding and and all that stuff. I mean, I I liked it for what it was, but I like Tom Holland's better, where he's just really is like the nerdy science kid. Yeah, that was really fun. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's important. I'm I'm curious as to why they dropped the photography thing, and I'm maybe they're just gonna skip the whole Daily Bugle nonsense. I wonder if they're just saving it, like I, I or they'll or they'll save it. Yeah, yeah, because like they you know they had him like do his little like video diary thing uh, at the beginning. Um. I, I feel like at some point they'll involve that kind of, you know, like I, I think that there are certain like aspects of the Spider-Man mythos that they're probably just saving because they didn't want to front load them, um, sure. you know, and so they don't mention Uncle Ben. Uh, they don't, you know, they don't drop the photography. They do, they do mention Uncle Ben, well, but it's like so brief and in the back and like, you know, uh, I can't tell Aunt May she's been through a hard time. Yeah, basically, like that's all it was. So they didn't even they didn't say anything about an uncle or anything like that. But yeah, it was just like with all she's been through lately was like the the only yeah. acknowledgement he got. Right. Um, right. You know, and then they there's no Gwen Stacy involvement. Uh, obviously, J. Jonah Jameson uh, not in it yet. Um, you know, and like Harry Osborn as well. Like there, I think there's a lot of stuff like that that they'll probably bring in at some point, but just they're kind of you know, waiting to, to put in. I could go without the Osborns. I think that would be refreshing to not, not have the Osborns just because we've had two, two movies chunks all about Osborns. Yeah, that's true. Um, maybe you could have Oscorp, but you don't need it. I really like the idea more of like this, there's this criminal underground of like, 
alien weapon users and like that's what Spidey has to deal with. Yeah. I think that's 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 a lot of fun because then it, it opens up the possibility for all sorts of weird like you know, like the scorpion, man. He's going to get this cool like Chitari hybrid scorpion suit. Yeah, that'll be super cool. And that'll be super cool. Yeah. So I think that's exciting to me to like I I just I don't I don't know. The whole I, that's why I like this movie so much is because it doesn't go into the like everything's connected to Peter Parker magically. Yeah. And and I like that they shied away from introducing any characters that had been uh introduced in either one or both of the previous uh uh films. Any characters that didn't need to be introduced at least. Uh, absolutely. You know, yeah. like basically Aunt May was really like the only character that's been in both trilogies outside of Peter that was introduced here. Yeah. Um, yeah, and she was, and I thought Marisa Tomei was good. She was fun. Yeah, I liked her a lot. I, I really, and I, I, I like that they acknowledged all the hot Aunt May stuff, uh, but also at the same time, like, tried to make her look a little bit older than they had her look in uh, Civil War. Like, I, th- totally. I think they just went a little easier on the makeup so that, you know, she looked more just, like, realistic. You could see kind of, like, some wrinkles and, and whatever. Um, totally. And gave her, like, those old lady glasses. Yeah, but yeah, I I think she's great as as Aunt May. Oh, that's good. Um, no, man, I I really I I I don't I have a pretty damn sh- I don't think I really even have a list of complaints. I just you know I I you know me I don't like to go into movies like okay I loved it but here's my three things I didn't like yeah I, I just not that I'm not that kind of guy but I just man I just I I would say this is my favorite Spider-Man movie so far. It's really damn good. I'm still like I'm still trying to decide, but I, I think it might be. It's the the only one really for me that like uh compares on on just pure like how it functions as a film and, and my enjoyment mm-hmm. watching it would be Spider Man two. Um sure. and then obviously like in terms of just like kind of visuals and like just nailing the character of Spider Man. Uh I love I love, love, love Amazing Spider Man two for that reason. Overall story wise, sure. I don't think it holds up, but no, um, it doesn't hold up at all. But no, I, I, it just, I don't know. It just, I, it, so much heart, and and kind of reminded me of like why I really like the character of Spider Man, and you know, in 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 Peter really being just this kind of gawky, you know, gawky awkward kid who's just trying to figure out what to do with super spider powers. Like that, <laughs> I love the whole, I love the whole sequence at the beginning where he's just like. On patrol in New York, you know, like giving old ladies directions and like making a mistake and webbing some dude to his car and like just great. It just feels 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 good. And that guy on the street is like, "Hey, you're that Spider guy. Do a flip." And he does a flip, (laughs) and he's like, "All right, that was pretty good." Like, it's just fucking. I love it. His interactions with uh, with New Yorkers were great. I I I just I love yeah. Like they they stop for a moment to. have him like you know showing that old lady directions and um you have like those little shots of him just like being bored like doing his you know balancing act and and shit like that uh this, uh, yeah that was so good um yeah. no I I, I I i i i i'm i'm super happy and the fact that it exists in the marvel universe is really fun and you're going to get you know i i i think he's going to grow into that role very well yeah i agree um do, so, the the what what do you think of MJ not being Mary Jane? Fine, I'm fine. Her with name's it. Michelle. You know, like I, yeah, that's fine. I, you know, I think that like, I think that's you know, 
one of the things I like about the movies is that they are different from the comics. Yeah. And like I, I you know, the 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 Raimi trilogy really kind of went all the way with Mary Jane and uh obviously Amazing Spider-Man went as far as they could with Gwen Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um so, you know, why not try something different? Why not change it up a little bit? Let that, you know, let him be Spider-Man to for, you know, I he's I he's more Peter Parker Spider-Man than we've had before in in my opinion. Yeah. Uh so change up the universe around him and see what happens to that same character if he's got sort of different uh uh, different things happening to him that aren't the standard, the standard one-two punch that you see with every other Spider-Man thing. Yeah. Um, okay. And so, and then the the very like last thing that I wanted to talk about before we get into just like some quick hits and then that sort of Baxter building thing we were talking about. Um, the the end scene there when they basically do the Civil War tease where they're like, we got a press conference out there for you. Here's a new outfit. They show him the Iron Spider offer him a spot on the Avengers, like all that stuff. Uh, and then he turns that down. I thought that was the fucking, like that, that was the most Peter Parker thing they possibly could have done in this film, in my opinion. Absolutely. And I think that's why, I, I mean, I think that's kind of what I'm getting at is like, that's why I feel like he's so Peter Parker's. He's like, no, that's not, he wouldn't make that. He would never in a million years make that choice. Uh, and that the fact that they really nailed it and that they played it so well. You know, where like Peter's like, no, and then he's like, it was a test, right? Like he's just, <laughs> yeah. You could tell, you could tell that I loved how floored Robert Downey or uh, Tony Stark was. Yeah, he's like, uh, wait, ho- what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. And- uh, no, that I I just love that you really this movie really sets up the character of Peter Parker, which is so important. Mm-hmm. It had this movie. Ha- I I would argue that this movie had more character development in it than like. A, over half of the other Marvel movies. Yes. You know, Captain America's had a character arc over five movies, but per movie, not much. That's what I really like about this is like, he really has an arc through this movie. Uh, they, they packed a shitload of character development into just a, into a two hour film, which is awesome. Yeah. And I, I think that that's the benefit of Spider-Man because you have like with a character like Iron Man, he always kind of has to be irresponsible and snarky and stuff. And so it's like, even though he'll have growth, like in Iron Man 3, I thought that that was the best job that they've ever done of developing the character of Tony Stark. Um, yep. But they always reset him. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, they do. And I think with with Peter Parker and with Spider-Man, the nice thing that that character affords is the ability to have him constantly be growing and changing. Um, yeah, Absolutely. Because he's so young, and that character is very malleable, you know what I mean? Like, as long as he is sarcastic and smart and, you know, like, nerdy or whatever, you know, like, and and wants to do the good thing, he's still Spider-Man. Like, those are really, like, those three sort of core things. The great power, great responsibility, the jokes, and, like, the kind of, like, science stuff. Other than that, like, you can do a lot with him that's totally Totally. different. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that uh, that scene taken off, taken out of the... uh where he's pushing the building off of him. He's like, come on, Pete. Come on, Pete. Yeah. Come on, Spider-Man. Come on, Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was great. Yeah, I mean, really, he, you know. Uh, anyway. Yeah, he uh, nails it. So, like, right. so much heart in that character. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah, what, you got any, you want to do some, some 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 quick hits here? I don't know what quick hits. Yeah, so I, I just, there were, like, little things that, like, really don't have to get much mention. Um. 
but uh, I loved the uh, little Hulk and Thor thing where he has Hulk and Thor fight each other and mentions that he hasn't met them yet. You know, like it was a nice yeah. little nod. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I the the Captain America training videos, which shows Captain America in the Avengers outfit. Yeah, I thought that was pretty great. And then Hannibal versus like, pretty sure he's a war criminal now. <laughs> <laughs> so good. It was so good. And I, the, the little thing that I loved was that in the video, Captain America like gestures to his right side and Hannibal Burst is on his left and like waves when yeah. Captain America gestures to him. That's pretty great. So just, I like the scene. In, I like that same in that same bank, uh, the like ATM machine robbery scene. Where the guy hits him with the gravity gun and shoots him against the wall, and all Peter says is, that's cool, or cool, or <laughs> yeah. something like that. This is so weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He just, like, he's, he's like, so amazed by the stuff that they're doing that it's, like, yeah. and, and I love, too, when he walks into the ATM, and he, like, takes a moment to, like, figure out how he's going to stand and, like, what's he, what he's going to say. But I think that's why it's such a, so endearing, is he's trying to figure out how to be Spider-Man. And, like, they, and they touch on it in the Donald Glover scene. Like, throughout the whole thing, he's kind of, like... Where, where he where he shows up, yeah, when he shows up in the Donald Glover scene, and he's got the Batman voice on. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interrogation mode. Yeah, or or I really like the other one, like we're doing the Superior Spider Man tease. Superior Spider Man tease. Which one's that? When it turns on instant kill mode and his eyes. Oh go yeah, black yeah, yeah. That's exactly. Yeah, when he turns on instant kill mode and he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> no, we're not gonna. <laughs> kill anybody yeah and he's like you know 200 and whatever possibilities of of web shooters and all that that was really funny when he's like trying to sneak up on them and he keeps trying to like figure out his his web shooters Uh, he's over there in the background hitting it with the electricity on the lights are flashing (laughs) falls flat on his face after trying to swing over so so good that was perfect um Uh, and then uh let's see yeah i think that was that was pretty much it um so the other thing we were talking about, the possibility of Avengers Tower becoming the Baxter building. I mean, I feel like it's such a long shot. It is. Um, let's, let's talk about a long shot for a minute. Let's just act like it's possible. Okay. If it's possible, then you'll have to start the Fantastic Four... I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out how to phrase it because you 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 put a pretty awesome suggestion down for how they could show up. Yeah. Do you want me to but, uh, do you want me to lay that? But down? that w- but well but that yeah sure go for it yeah yeah you can drop that then we can argue with the pros and cons. Yeah yeah. Them. So so my idea was because I like watching this movie it it made me feel like this Spider Man character is a perfect area of the Marvel universe in which to introduce the Fantastic Four. Um, because Spider-Man has had tons of, of interactions with the Fantastic Four in the past. They've always been very uh, close, and he was even a member of the team for a while. Um, and, and Reed Richards, obviously, I think is a fantastic role model to Peter Parker, and Johnny Storm is uh, like an awesome character to have him play off of. Uh, and so my thought is there is a way, kind of like they did with Spider-Man, where they sort of retroactively put him into the continuity, there is a way to introduce the Fantastic Four that makes them feel like they were always in this universe. Uh, and my thought is that... While that portal was open in Avengers, when I, you know, when the Chitari are coming through that portal, my thought is that the Fantastic Four, you know, Reed Richards, Johnny Storm, Sue Storm, uh, even Victor Von Doom doesn't fucking matter, and, and Ben Grimm, uh, that they basically seized that opportunity. They were working on a spaceship, a way to like, you know, have interdimensional travel. They see the portal open up, and they go, "Oh shit, let's fucking go! Like, let's let's take off right now!" And they fly through that portal. 
and then Tony Stark closes it, and now they are stuck somewhere in space, uh, and they have to try and find their way home. Along that way, they get their powers. They have those interactions. I mean, hell, even have some shit with Galactus go down, like, whatever. Sure. Uh, sure. And then they find their way back to, to Earth, and they could even make the former Avengers Tower be uh, the Baxter building. There you go. So that that was my thought because then it's just like that's there's so much possibility between the Fantastic Four and Spider Man and also like uh, with the Avengers like and I, I would love to have that sort of like you know because Tony or Peter Parker is always kind of looking for a father figure and a role model right and so yeah. that was one of the great things with him and Tony Stark is that he looks at Tony Stark as like this role model this father figure and stuff but Tony Stark is very flawed and he is a very irresponsible guy and so it would be cool to introduce Reed Richards to that situation where he is every bit as smart or even smarter than than tony stark but also very like responsible very work driven uh you know even more science driven like and and to have him sort of be introduced as this like other side of that coin of this sort of like billionaire genius coin uh you know and somebody for peter to just like geek out with and like learn science stuff and you know fuck do like another internship with you know with uh reed richards uh, and then you also have, you know, a character roughly Peter's age in Johnny Storm that's every bit as sarcastic as Peter is. Uh, and you could do, like we were talking about in Zdarsky's Spider-Man, you could have some of those fun interactions with uh, with Peter and with Johnny. And then even, you know, like, you could kind of play this, like, interesting family rivalry where you have these two versions of a family for Peter, where you have, you know, Aunt May and Tony Stark and Ned as sort of his nuclear, like his, his core family. And then you have mm-hmm. this other side where it's Reed Richards and Sue Storm and Johnny Storm and like Ben Grimm, you know what I mean? Where you have like, yeah, you know, jo- like Ned kind of gets jealous of Johnny. Uh, Aunt May feels almost like Sue is like stepping in on, you know, sort of her territory and like kind of, you know, faux parenting Spider-Man or whatever. Uh, and then obviously right. like Tony and Reed and their sort of interaction. So I don't know. I think it would like open up so many story possibilities and I, I don't know. Anyway. No, I, I, no, I think it's great. I, I was trying to think about how the Baxter building ties in, but I think it would actually absolutely work because they get back from space and then they're like, all right, cool. We need a headquarters. Now that we need a headquarters. Yeah. Oh shit. The, the Avengers towers available. Yeah. And for them, they're like, Oh shit, that's perfect because that is the exact place where that portal opened up the first time. And so we can sort of investigate it, you know, and try to see if we can figure out another way to, uh, you know, read the area for, for fucking radiation, see how they did it, try to recreate it or whatever the hell. Totally. No, I, that, that would be pretty great. Yeah. Uh, that'd work really well. I can't, cause like, I don't know what else they're going to do with the Avengers tower. Yeah, the, like I feel like they would have to do something uh, because to have it just like kind of disappear into nothingness would be weird, you know. If like the next yeah. time we see it, it's just a fucking bank building or something, like that'd be dumb. Totally, totally. Uh, but what, I mean, what what's your thought on that whole thing? Because you you were kind of talking about like pros and cons and 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 all that. Like what? what uh, yeah, I don't think. I mean, you know, I I think Spider Man is proof that you can you can dump new character, you can dump existing Marvel characters that don't exist yet in the MCU in pretty easily. Totally. Uh, so I think you could absolutely jump the Fantastic Four in there. Uh, but no, I was more referring to like, what's the, uh, it seems like a long shot in the sense that like, 
that not, nothing has given us any hope that Fox is going to give up the rights to the Fantastic Four, and they'll probably just give it, drop another reboot here within a year or two. Yeah, so they do. So they basically their timeline is by uh, by 2019 they have to be in production on a Fantastic Four movie, um, mm. or they lose the rights. And so I think that yeah, there there is nothing that uh, there is nothing that suggests that they might be doing it. However, I think that. I think that at some point they've got to go, okay, like realistically, you know, what do we want to do with this? You know what I mean? Like, do we want to try and reboot it one more time, uh, you know, with, with its own universe again? Do we want to try and include them in the X-Men universe or do we want to try and like, you know, uh, somehow salvage the Miles Teller, Michael B. Jordan, Kate Mara, Fantastic Four, um, you know, like, I don't know, it's just, like, none of those answers, like, and, and I've, I've, I've in the past been pretty adamant about, like, I don't mind that the Fantastic Four and the X-Men are separate. I think that's great. Uh, up until now, when I've kind of seen this way where the Fantastic Four could play so well in this universe and not feel out of place and have, like, an actual cohesive purpose for being there. Sure. Um, that's, that's the first time that I've actually been convinced that maybe they should be in the MCU just because there is a place to put them. Cause I'm not a fan of making a period piece, fantastic four movie. No, no, I, yeah, it, it, I mean, it could be cool, but, uh, I think that's a tricky part uh, t- trying to do any of the period piece stuff is like never, you know, the, they've already set up the world to be like, this is the emergence of these heroes, right? Like the only one that we've seen from the past is, um uh Captain America which is yeah. sort of like the icon right and then the and then Ant-Man but Ant-Man was uh a secret agent a secret agent yeah classified so Yeah and I I also think that like making it a period piece uh implies that these characters cuz like that's that's really the thing is like people think that the Fantastic 4 don't work in the modern day and so they want to make it a period piece and I think that's fucking bullshit like I think anybody that thinks the Fantastic Four don't work in the modern day don't understand the Fantastic Four. No, you can do awesome stuff with the Fantastic Four. I mean, you know, Reed Hickman's Fantastic Four for or uh, what was the one we read on here? Uh, oh, Grant Morrison, one two three four. One two three four. Yeah, yeah. Read read that. That's a great way to have the Fantastic Four exist in the modern day. It, totally. You can absolutely, you can absolutely do them. You just need to, you know, just don't try to shit out some yeah half half assed Fantastic Four thing just to make one. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and so I don't know. Like it, to me, the possibility of having the Spider-Man and Fantastic Four interactions uh, is just so exciting, and like it would, you know, it would again give you a way to sort of like show that everybody loves Spider-Man. You know, just like in the comic, everybody loves Spider-Man, wants him to be part of their team. He gets along with everybody, uh, but at the same time, like he explores these things, and it shows him a, a glimpse into like a possibility of what his life could be by joining up with these big teams or becoming this sort of like, you know, large scale hero. But at the end of the day, you know, he comes right back to like, well, I just, you know, again, I want to be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Like I want to be the guy on the streets looking out for the little guy, uh, you know, and, and, you know, I don't know, like that, that I, I like uh, situations for a character that force them to challenge their, uh, their ideology. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I love putting Peter in a situation where he's got all these things going around him that are like larger than life and an opportunity to be like, you know, world famous and, and super powerful and join the biggest superhero team ever. Or, you know, 
be with Reed Richards and be like the world's greatest scientist, you know, like that type of stuff. But then at the end of the day, he's like, well, I'd rather just like be a freelance photographer and take care of my neighborhood. Totally. Um, and that's kind of what I don't like with Dan Slott's current Spider-Man is that he's running a giant tech corporation and he's just Tony Stark. Like, and that to me is just uninteresting with the character of Spider-Man. No, I wholeheartedly agree. It's the least interesting thing you could ever do with Spider-Man. Yeah. So I, I like that. And I think that was the point in Civil War was like you put Spider-Man in this high tech suit. You put him on the side of the Avengers. You have him reveal his secret yes. identity. And then yes. he realizes at a certain point, this isn't me. Like, this isn't what I'm about. And that was the point. Right. Like, the point wasn't, hey, look at this cool Spider-Man suit. It's f- so fucking cool, which for some reason people yeah. think it's about. It's about him rejecting that. You have to introduce it and then have him reject it and be like, no, like, that's just simply not me. Yep. No, exactly. I think that, that that's what makes it so great. Yeah. Uh, I, dude, I'm, all, I'm on board, man. I, I would love to see... I would love to see that sort of more interaction with those characters, but totally, I, I don't know. I don't know if we will. I yeah. Who knows? I don't think it's overly possible. If anybody out there listening knows Kevin Feige or shit Amy Pascal or anybody at Fox, just like you know, send them send them our way. Jason at that yeah, might be cool dot com. Yeah, we got you covered. We got you covered. We'll 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 write it up. We we no problem. Actually, I might just as an exercise, I might write a Spider-Man Homecoming sequel that introduces the Fantastic Four. That'd be fun. Because then also yeah, be you fun. could introduce them so easily in Infinity War or whatever the Avengers movie is after that. Like if they're already going out into the cosmos somewhere, there'll be like a four-year gap where the Guardians of the Galaxy left off to where they come up in Infinity War. Maybe the Guardians ran into them. Maybe Thor and Hulk ran into them. Like there's a lot of possibilities. You could, I don't totally. know, so many ways to introduce them. Anyway. Totally. Uh, well, I mean, I think, I think that, that pretty much does it. Should we wrap it up by, uh, by giving it a, a rating? Yeah. Um, I don't know what to rate it. Uh, it's, uh, it's eight out of eight spider God legs. God fucking damn it. I was going to do the spider legs <laughs> thing. <laughs> I was going to do the obvious thing. Um, I'll give it. I'll give it a 51 out of 52 web shooter combinations. No, it was like 250 something. Idiot. Well, idiot. Stupid idiot. I'll give it. I'll give it. uh, I'll give it three out of three Peter Parkers. Because there's been three (laughs) in film. Yeah. Yeah. No, I really. I. I. I, I'd say this is not only the best Spider-Man film, but one of the best of the marvel films so far absolutely this this stands i think this stands up against uh winter soldier and you know like avengers and guardians uh as just being like a really really solid film with great characters uh and a a great like a great introduction to to peter parker is awesome yep yep agreed um, let us know what you thought of, uh, of Spider-Man. Uh, send us a tweet at Savage Land Pod, emails at Savage, or letters at SavageLandPodcast.com. Uh, 413 Savage 4 is the voicemail. If you vehemently disagree with anything we said, if you think the Fantastic Four don't belong in the Marvel Universe, or you think there's a better way to do it, let us know. If you, uh, send an email or a tweet or leave a voicemail, we will play it on the show, because obviously we still want to know what Rachel said about the, uh, about the movie. Uh, she hasn't yes, seen it do. yet as we're recording this. Um, and so next time that we talk, we will have Rachel's thoughts and possibly your thoughts. So let us know anything, anything spider related or anything, anything related. It doesn't fucking matter. We're desperate. Um, 
Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, seriously, like, what'd you have for breakfast? I'll take it. Yeah, fuck it. We'll we'll talk about your breakfast. We'll talk about your omelets. What's your omelet yeah. like? Um, Send us a picture. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then if you have questions for Brian Wood, Greg Smallwood, Becky Clunan, David Walker, uh, David Walker interview is going to be happening pretty quick after this one goes up, but uh, or possibly before. I, yeah, no, after. Anyway, doesn't matter. After, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you, if you have any questions regarding anybody that we're going to be interviewing, uh, fuck Michael Cho. Um, I can't even remember everybody that's on the guest list. It's like two months in advance. Um, but yeah, if you have any questions for those people, please send them to letters at savagelandpodcast.com. Uh, and I think that'll be it for today. Oh, Lee, uh, rating and review iTunes, please, 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 yes. please, please. It helps people discover us. Uh, and they, they, work very well because the more ratings and reviews we have and the higher they are uh the the higher we will show up in search results so when people are looking for a new fun comic book show to listen to uh we'd like them to be able to find us so uh thankfully we've been we've been climbing up the charts slowly but surely as as all you people have been coming on board but we really really appreciate those ratings or reviews uh, so even if you're not using a, an iPhone or anything like that, if you could uh, jump on a computer and, and rate us on iTunes, we would heavily appreciate that. Um, and like we've done in the past, uh, anytime that somebody leaves us a review and they have like an Instagram or, or something like that to promote, we will promote you. Um, so so feel free. Give us, give us something to shout out and we'll shout you out. Sure will. Uh, and and that's, that's, that, that does it. It does. Jason, I got one question for you. Huh. Did you like the boots? <laughs> <laughs>